So welcome, Stephen. Thanks for joining us today. Hi. Great to see you. Hi, Frank. Good to see you. Yeah. And, and just listen, before we get into the conversation, mate, just uh, very briefly, uh, offline, uh, we were talking about uh, this new hairstyle that you've, uh, it, you, you're sporting today. Tell us about that. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It, I must admit, it was getting pretty desperate. I was getting really quite shaggy with my hair, so I thought, well, do I wait until they open hairdressers? It might be a number of weeks, or do I do I take the plunge and cut it myself? So, <laughs> I rather foolishly one Saturday thought right, I'm going to cut it. Bought some clippers, invested. I did the top and the and the sides. My wife helped me with the back, and it's not not the worst I've seen by any stretch of the imagination. Just throw a bit of gel on it can hide a lot of a lot of mistakes. But I've, it's been it's been a, a bit of a, a talking point around County Hall for the last week or so. <laughs> it looks all right, mate. Listen, if it if it all goes wrong for you, you can always find yourself a job in the barbers. Well, exactly that. And being a northern lad, I think I've saved myself a few quid with this. This could be the way forward, you know. <laughs> right. Now, apologies. Apparently, we're having a slight problem with our connection uh, today. So, uh, if I freeze occasionally, um, it does click back in. I think it's just the amount of usage that is happening at the moment in terms of our uh, online activities right across the country, of course. Uh, and Stephen, listen, first off, can I say, um, well, let's, uh, as I say, let's explain what your role at, at County Hall is, because you do have responsibility for some major strategic services that uh, the County Council delivers. Yeah, so I'm the economic, uh, uh, I'm the executive director, sorry, of economy, of highways, of um, community services and environmental services. So, so primarily I cover everything that's not old people or children's services uh, in a nutshell. So there's a, the department's about 4,000 people. Um, so it's quite a sizable department, obviously with quite a lot of touch um, in terms of lots of services that take place in the county. So highways is obviously an obvious one. Anyone who enters Lancashire has to touch my services and has to use my services. The reason that they brought them all together was primarily uh, my role is around economic development, but obviously transport's really important in that, in that conversation. So um, a decision was made a couple of years ago to merge a number of roles and uh, they put it out to market and I was a successful candidate so it is quite a, a strategic wide-reaching post. Yeah absolutely Stephen and of course all of those things are going to be key as we come out of this crisis that we found ourselves uh, but before I turn to that and I'm sure people listening in today uh, are more interested in how we get out and how we recover than where we've been can I just say I was hugely impressed with Lancashire's initial response to the lockdown because I felt that you were out of the traps quickly. You had a platform up and running that was really signposting businesses to the help and support that was out there. And then you've keep, kept people constantly informed and updated as things have changed. Uh, and that, you know, you and your team deserve great credit for that because I know it's no easy thing. Uh, and certainly... You know, in comparison to other places, I won't mention, um, but it was way ahead, in my opinion, of what a lot of other people were doing. So congratulations uh, on that. And do, do you want to just say how that came about, that planning and how you were able to implement that so quickly? 
yeah i mean absolutely i mean obviously we we were monitoring the situation quite early on so kind of middle of january we were starting to have conversations around around covid19 uh, and what was happening um we took a number of key strategic decisions very early on so um we took a decision to purchase a thousand laptops maybe about two or three weeks before the lockdown uh, recognizing that it was it was highly likely the country would go into lockdown so we wanted to ensure that our workforce could could work remotely so like i say we purchased these thousand laptops and got them out got, got them out to our staff um, we were having conversations as a management team and as a wider sort of lancashire family um, what you know how we would then deal with this crisis going forward which services we would um, continue to run and which we would look to um, uh, deploy people from onto other other things i mean clearly you can't just close a huge employer like lancashire county council with twelve thousand employees down and just expect everyone to go home and you know watch netflix that was never going to be an option um, so the last week before um, the close down uh, of the country we were then instructing people obviously um, to, to start working from home and i was i remember commenting to somebody on that final week it was kind of like a scene out of um, the american embassy when it was uh, overrun in vietnam lots of people kind of leaving no helicopters on the roof to be fair but lots of people leaving with equipment um, you know with files uh, with with chairs and all sorts of things in order that they could set up their offices from home um, once once we'd done that obviously we then identified which services and we clearly needed to run so you know children's services um, around vulnerable children around education and we've still got 80 percent of our schools are still running in lancashire which is over five hundred uh, schools so we, we knew that we needed to do that we've got a uh, you know a, a lot of shielded people we've got 83,000 vulnerable people in Lancashire that we needed to support so we clearly needed to ensure that we've got a lot of people in that particular service area um, after we'd done that we were also linking into the Lancashire Resilience Forum which is a, a are coming together of all the blue light services all the upper tier and district authorities um, and a number of cells have been created uh, within that so as a result of that um, every month the county council's been and our partners have been delivering you know over 24,000 food parcels you know like I said we've been supporting 82,000 uh, vulnerable people we've had 801 people who were homeless who are now in shelter we've ordered uh, 5 million pieces of PPE um, since it started because obviously the county council took a, a key role in terms of that to, to ensure that the um, care homes and whoever needs PPE has that so we'd, we'd stepped into that space you know we've been supporting 65,000 university students to still access their courses online we've approved 23,000 business grants so lots and lots of things have, have been happening with it with a huge team effort um, we're still um, linking in with the LRF and there are a number of calls that take place every day to look at our strategy and we obviously looking at the things that we've got right and looking at the government strategy and how we then move from where we are now into sort of that that recovery position so it has been a massive massive team effort involving thousands and thousands of people and in fact I was talking to somebody from our, our ICT hub the other day and they were saying on average around 6,000 people a day are logging on to LCC um, laptops remotely providing a range of, of, of services um, so we know that it's working really really well uh, and we've been incredibly pleased and you know i would give a, a great shout out to all of our partners as well as all the private sector partners who've worked with us they've done an amazing effort um, to support the people of lancashire um, during this crisis as i say Stephen, it's certainly been you know from the outside looking in very impressive uh, and can i also say that you know, we will probably get into the conversation at some stage today in terms of governance models and structures and so on. But listen, you know, that's down the line. You've had to handle a situation in the circumstance that you find yourself. And 
Lancashire is a diverse place with lots of different local authorities at borough and district level and then your two unitaries. And I, I think what will have been demonstrated, I'm sure, to people is the power in procurement, for example, that a big entity like Lancashire County Council brings to the table. Uh, because, you know, when you're having those conversations to get mass PPE produced or whatever services and products you require at a time like this, the bigger you are, the better it is, isn't it? Yeah, and that's absolutely played out. I mean, there's, there really has been a mixed model that we've been able to, to, to bring to bear. So we have been able to get um, local um, businesses to produce and change their manufacturing lines to produce PPE. But in addition, you're quite right, you know, there was a world shortage of PPE. Um, lots of countries, organisations within countries were entering the market trying to get hold of PPE because LCC is such a huge organisation, you know, with a turnover in excess of a billion pounds, we were able to access that market and get PPE. So we've imported PPE from around the world and had it, you know, flown directly into Manchester and then delivered into Lancashire, you know, and we're still keeping those supply chains open because um, we absolutely recognise that it is a very crowded market at the moment. And unless you've got um, deep pockets and you're able to access funds quickly, it's very, very difficult to to attract that PPE, um, you know, and that has really, as I said, has really been demonstrated with the response that we've had uh, within Lancashire in terms of, you know, keeping vulnerable people safe and ensuring that all our partners have the equipment that they need in order to, to, to do the jobs that they're employed to do. So you're absolutely right. You know, without that ability to be a big player in that market, it would have been a very, very difficult time over the last few months. Yeah. Spot on. And Stephen, if I may turn your attention to, um, your business community in Lancashire. So as I say, listen, on a local authority uh, landscape, it's complex and complicated. Uh, from a business perspective, um, you know, because of the size of the place, you have everything ranging, of course, from aerospace manufacturing right through to agriculture and everything in between. Um, so, you know, supporting um, through any infrastructure that size and scale of diverse business must have been a challenge. What are you seeing at the moment or what are you hearing at the moment in terms of how each of those sectors are performing? Any that are sort of looking um, always come out of, out of crises? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you, you're right. You know, the Lancashire economy is incredibly mixed. It's incredibly diverse. It is incredibly complicated. Um, there are a number of sectors that we know are going to really struggle during the year. So tourism, obviously, that's a big thing for Lancashire, um, you know, and, and the ability for um, the tourist, the tourism sector to, to operate over the, the, the remainder of this year is obviously going to be an incredible challenge. So we know that people like that are finding it incredibly difficult. Um, some of our aerospace and some of our engineering and construction um, workers, obviously, they're now starting to come out of this um, process if people can you know if their employees can have a, a safe working environment where we've got a little bit more confidence around them I mean what we're looking to do in terms of supporting those businesses supporting the wider Lancashire economy is for probably the last month or so we've been thinking about recovery and we've been thinking about legacy as to how we come out of this and how we come out of this in a in a, in a, in a structured way so we um, took the decision to employ uh, and get into partnership with Deloitte so um, we obviously have access to people like um, Sir Howard Bernstein we have access to people like David Taylor who can bring their expertise to the to, to the table and start that conversation with our our business partners and um, to get a better understanding of where they see they are 
um, and what support they think they need going forward. Obviously, using that intelligence, um, our plan is to is to start a communication channel with government and saying, okay, you know, we've got these businesses. This is the way that we see the economy in Lancashire restarting, and potentially we would need your support around certain elements of that. Um, but here's an evidence-based case that says, you know, tourism, engineering, w whatever the particular sector and whatever the issues are, these are the things that we believe we need your support. Um, clearly, we'll bring some of our resources, some of our expertise to that conversation, but we clearly need your support to 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 kickstart the Lancashire economy and really minimise the impact that COVID's had. And as we've spoken about in the past, Stephen, you know, increasingly over the past ten years, if not longer, uh, government Whitehall expect now evidence-based cases to be made to them for resources and what they're looking for because of course they've got a limited amount of cash to spend and that's going to be even more so the case uh, given the amount of uh, finance that the chancellor is throwing at supporting business at the moment um, we have to come up with win-win situations don't we uh, and therefore i think you know that idea of getting uh, people like Bernstein, Taylor and so on involved in those conversations uh, because not only will they have great ideas but they've not got a bad network of contacts in those corridors of power either have they and, and that's where you need to to bring influence to bear. And absolutely do you know you, you want to have an evidence-based conversation you want to be you know using people to have that conversation on your behalf because advocates I, I find always work better in these in these positions you want people with with credibility and an incredible track record and I would argue you know the people that we've got advising also working on our advisory panel are of that caliber you know people that have got incredible networks have have been there and have done it and have got a lot of credit in with government but, but you're absolutely right this is all about an evidence-based conversation it's about added value you know gone are the days if ever they existed at the government just come with blank checks and say here you are they just don't do that you know they want um, evidence from you that what you're going to do is going to really hit the spot it's going to drive the economy it's going to drive the recovery they also want uh, you know something from you to say well what are you bringing to the party what's your input and then it is those big ticket big bang items so things like in Lancashire Eden of the North for example which I know that it's a conversation we've had in the past you know something like that I think would be would be a game changer not only for Lancashire but for the north of England so it's things like that that the government are, are clearly looking for and um, we we had a number of, of schemes within Lancashire which I'm sure we'll come on to talk about um, shortly which are you know advanced and are developed but with additional government funding we can we can kickstart those which will create jobs in construction which will ultimately create jobs in end users so you can begin to see how you can begin to make that argument in that case I mean I suppose the, the big challenge and, and the real challenge going forward is you know what the economy is going to look like post COVID-19 so if you look at places like Manchester and Liverpool which have done amazing things um, over the last you know 15 20 25 years I mean a lot of their economy within the city centre is based around grade A office which is brilliant you know we we have aspirations to bring grade A to Preston but obviously given where we are with social distancing you know and, and the if I could use the word the experiment of people working from home going forward you know will that demand for grade A office still be there so you just need to nuance some of the arguments and not necessarily trot out the things that perhaps would have worked 10 or 15 years ago and we're acutely aware of that in Lancashire and obviously with working with Howard and with David and with others you know we're able to hopefully nuance our, our conversation with government so they can really see that we you know we've thought this through not only in the context of um, you know economic uplift for Lancashire and greater um, uh, greater value for government but also in terms of a post-COVID-19 world whatever that looks like so it is quite complicated and nuanced yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the other 
thing that you did mention in terms of part of your role uh, and this an array of responsibilities that you have, um, but it's transport. Uh, and, you know, in a place like Lancashire, which can be uh, urban in parts, but rural uh, mostly, I would say, um, that's going to be challenging itself, isn't it? Thinking about how you're going to be able to transport people around the county as we move out of um, this economic, uh, hopefully, this economic uh, crisis that we're in at this moment in time. And, you know, when I'm involved in conversations in Liverpool and Manchester, you know, it's they're talking about cycle lanes and they're talking about, um, you know, alternative modes of transport that are fine for city centre. Um, but when you're dealing with that sort of rural uh, landscape as you are, uh, a little bit more difficult. Uh, and so, you know, what conversations are, are taking place with people like bus operators and the railways and that sort of thing? So, I mean, you're absolutely right. And it's interesting, I was having the conversation with the Director of Highways this morning, that very conversation, you know, some of those conversations around cycleways and sustainable modes of transport and, you know, Boris bikes or whatever are really good and they work really well in large cities and perhaps would work in places like Preston and Lancaster maybe. But certainly when, you know, you're getting out to places like Barrowford and Bon Oldswick and some of the far-flung corners of, of Lancashire, you know, particularly if you were ending up you know, working in places like Preston, you know, to cycle from, from there to here would be a challenge I think most of us really so you know absolutely we are having conversations with um, providers it's been a, a priority in Lancashire and remains a priority and we've had some some decent success in terms of improving some of the rail and road networks you know we will continue to push those but clearly those aren't short-term solutions so absolutely there are conversations with increasing uh, the amount of um, transportation that we've got um, on the road around public transport. The County Council is always really good in terms of supporting financially um, bus services or additional bus services to complement those um, that are provided by the private sector where perhaps it isn't as economically viable to do because we recognise that, you know, connectivity and transport is really important. So we're looking at a, a whole range of options. You may well see within Lancashire, and I suspect you probably will, pop-up cycle lanes um, for a temporary period of time coming up. Um, you may well see um, additional bus services to support people um, moving from some of our more rural areas so that we can try and promote social distancing. The County Council also has options around our own bus fleet. So we own um, a huge um, privately owned bus fleet, minibuses that we use, you know, have key pinch points during the day. And there might be the potential for us to, to look at doing some things around that. There's also the huge logistic challenge, not only around members of the public, we've also got the huge logistic challenges around school children. Uh, historically, on a double-decker bus, you'd get 70 kids, but now with social distancing, you might get 20. On our minibuses, we perhaps can only support two or three. So again, to support all of those, we're, we're trying to offer people different modes of transport. So we're trying to offer people free bus passes. We're trying to extend um, when people can use bus passes so they can use them earlier in the morning, so they can use that as an option to try and get to work. So there's a range of different things that we're, we're, we're trying to do. We're looking at things like supplying PPE for people potentially um, so that they can wear uh, masks if they have to use public transport. So there are a range of options, but you know, I would argue that's probably one of the most challenging things that we're going to face coming forward because there is a finite amount of money. There's a finite amount of vehicles that people can use. You know, And if people do um, end up coming in back into a, a central workplace or more people do, then that's going to be a real challenge on that system. Personally, my view would be, and I know it's a view that the, the County Council is taking with its own workforce, is to try and limit the number of days that people actually do attend the office when the, lockdown, when the, um, the lockdown's lifted to maybe people are coming in once a week. So you're really 
beginning to reduce that um, demand on people having to to make transport um, links into into County Hall or some of our other venues. Obviously, things like Zoom and Skype have been incredibly helpful to try and support people working remotely. And obviously, we're trying to put quite a, a package behind that to ensure that people, you know, particularly if they live alone, have, have got social contact and they still feel part of a team. So it's a whole kind of basket of things that, that we're trying to do to, to support that particular challenge. And of course, we are all, I think, ultra safety conscious at the moment as we try to protect people from the virus, particularly the, the most vulnerable. Um, but as you've indicated, Stephen, one of the big industry sectors in Lancashire, in the UK, but very important in Lancashire is food and drink hospitality. And of course, what those guys need is footfall. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for you and I to be talking about more homeworking, less grade A office space needed to uh, be applied in city centre, all those sort of things um, may just sound like common sense at the moment to you and I. But of course, you'll be having people watching this thinking head in the hands time because they need people to be getting back to normal as quickly as possible. And again, listen, I know that Marketing Lancashire, uh, alongside the County Council, do an, uh, an enormous amount of work with the hospitality sector in the county. Uh, and of course, we're building up to this uh, culture bid that, that we're in the midst of. Um, what are the conversations like? What's the mood like? within Lancashire's uh, tourism and hospitality sector? I mean, it's obviously very, very challenging at the moment. I mean, you know, we, we have provided quite a lot of advice and support to businesses, whether it be through business grants or, you know, we've provided advice, practical advice through our, our boost scheme. But, but in, in reality, you're absolutely right. You know, advice and, and one-off grants is, is never going to take the place of lots of people coming, visiting a location or lots of people coming out for meals or, or going to pubs or, you know, operating in that sort of that leisure space. Um, we are absolutely engaged with Marketing Lancashire. We want to do quite a detailed marketing campaign and we've also got to be mindful all the time of course of government advice around social distancing so it, it really is difficult um to to um resolve that in the short term i think on a longer term pitch we're absolutely crystal clear that our bid for um, a county of culture in 2025 remains absolutely a top priority for us uh, and whilst we might have to accept that we're going to struggle this year and um you know tourism is going to definitely be down and food and drink is going to be down um you know that sort of leisure industry is going to really struggle. We want to try and give a real opportunity, um, with certainly within 2025, but more short term, to have a, a, a really strong marketing campaign to get people to visit Lancashire, um, you know, and re-engage um, with Lancashire um, post-COVID-19 and really try and have a bumper um, 2021 um, if 2020 ends up being a bit of a wipeout. We're still here to try and support those sectors. You know, any grants that government make available, we're absolutely bidding in in order to try and support them uh, and we're obviously offering any practical support that we can but uh, you know I, I, it would be wrong of me to say that there is a, a magic silver bullet that we can just fire in and the problems will be resolved. Now Stephen when we last met in person uh, at the holiday and we had a, a fabulous uh, round table dinner great discussion the room was filled with positivity uh, people walked out of that uh, event I think nine foot tall because of the ambition the aspiration and the real potential that you'd laid out that evening you know because Lancashire is on the cusp of delivering so much and I think our biggest concern that night if I'm right in my recollection 
was whether the property festival Mippen would go ahead or not. <laughs> I think that was that's where our heads were that night, and, and we I think we both come to the conclusion it probably wouldn't. Yeah. Um, but the the relevance of of Mippen in terms of that conversation and the one we're having today is that was where we were going to showcase an awful lot of Lancashire's potential investments, regeneration projects that were on 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 um, in, online to, to to go ahead, um, and and so you know they haven't gone away. Um, the, the the coronavirus hasn't destroyed that opportunity, hasn't destroyed destroyed that ambition and aspiration. Um, so talk us through what some of those big projects look like and what we've got to look forward to in the county because we all need a bit of uh, a bit of good news and positivity at the moment. And I think it's it's important before before I do that to, to say absolutely that that positivity and that ambition hasn't hasn't waned at all as a result of this you know we were crystal clear as an organization you know we want to come out of this stronger than ever you know we want to be a mipping if it takes place next year or the year after as a county really showcasing i think now is probably more important than ever to be out in the market and talking about the positive things that are happening in terms of the things that um, are on the table and, and still remain so so clearly we've got a really ambitious city deal project so the city deal project um, is a, a, a mixture of private and public sector partners so there's a quarter of a billion pounds of um, public money in there to lever um, a billion pounds of private sector investment um, and the um, objective for um, the city deal is to increase the economy of central Lancashire by about a billion pounds a year now the vast majority of that is being done through um, highway schemes and infrastructure in order to open up land that previously couldn't have been developed because it was impossible to get to so we've already completed the Penwitham bypass and um, we've done the Broughton bypass um, we're currently working on Preston Western. So although um, COVID-19 has obviously hit um, construction hard and things are slow, we haven't stopped. We're still continuing that scheme because that's massively important. Uh, in terms of a priority for us. Um, house building clearly is a key part of that. Again, we recognize that you know the house market is obviously struggling a bit because the economy is struggling a bit, but we're, we are uh, remain absolutely focused that we want to put that infrastructure in place. So when the economy does start again, you know we're not then having to wait for, for infrastructure to be built. So that's clearly a big, big priority for us. Um, I've already mentioned Eden of the North. Um, so we continue really strong conversations um, with the Eden group um, and we are hoping um, touch wood that there will be a government announcement this year where Eden um, of the North will really um, begin to take flight and you will really see that project uh, begin to happen. As I've mentioned, it's massively important, not only for, for Lancashire, but it's hugely important um, for the whole north of England. And obviously the impact that will have on Morecambe and the local economy is absolutely massive. So that's obviously a key, priori key priority for us. We've got the Lancashire Central Development, which um, many people know as Cuerden, uh, which was where IKEA was going to go historically. So we're still working with Eric Wright in the background, who are preferred providers, um, our preferred um, development partner and we're working on a, a development agreement um, again and we've secured um, funds in order to do the off-site highway works so um, hopefully when um, we come out of COVID-19 we'll be in a position to start the construction there again the demand for that particular site is a mixture of housing as well as logistics obviously logistics are becoming massively important because of the change in our buying habits particularly during COVID-19 a lot more um, products have been bought online so again we think that's a really strong mix um, we have have um, um, aspirations around the train station at, at Preston and Preston will be one of the government's HS2 hubs going forward. Um, a lot of the land around the train station um, is currently um, vacant. Um, as I've mentioned previously, there's a real 
demand we think for grade a office in preston so post covid19 if, if people still feel the need to go to an office space you know we want to be able to meet that um, demand within preston so grade a office there um hotels and living accommodation again a hugely ambitious and massively important um project um for lancashire we've got our four ezs so the ezs have been a relatively slow burn um we hopefully will be announcing a deal very soon on salmsbury um which is the one next to bae um again um, we've done quite a lot of work in terms of putting a spine road through that historically we're currently on site doing some construction work for the AMRC uh, moving in from Sheffield um, when this announcement hopefully is made later this year as to the latest deal we've done on there that really will kickstart that that site and really move that site forward um, we're beginning to have conversations with BAE um, in the next couple of weeks around the Wharton site and what our plans and aspirations are for that um, Blackpool are moving on well with the Blackpool Airport EZ and Hill House um, EZ is also moving along nicely so there's a real kind of mixture of sort of different things um, in in sort of the Lancashire um, uh, economy going forward. There are also two or three others that we haven't announced yet, um, but hopefully we will be announcing at some point this year when we think the time's right, we'll get the maximum impact, which again, will be really, really high profile um, developments. And we think again, we'll move Lancashire perhaps into the next level in terms of our, our ambition. I mean, as I said at the start, it's really important. It remains important, particularly amongst the politicians here that you know they want to be um, really robust about the economy in Lancashire and really ambitious about the economy moving out of COVID-19. They don't want to lose any of these. And, you know, and I think they're absolutely bang on. You know, when you look at the recession in 2008, for me, it was those places like Manchester, you know, and I was working in GM at that time that, that remained ambitious coming out of that and, and didn't go back into the shells that really began to, to take the next step and, and, and pull away from the pack. And Lancashire's really, really clear that we want to follow the same suit. Well, that's a hugely impressive showreel uh, of activity, Stephen. Uh, and uh, as I say, you know, the people who attended that dinner were buzzing from the news of that potential, that opportunity. I'm sure people who are watching this feel likewise. Uh, and I suppose another opportunity, I mean, we did touch on the difficulties that the tourism sector uh, are facing, but it was when you mentioned Blackpool, um, because of course, what we will see over the next few years is uh, certainly more expensive holidays abroad. We'll probably see a reluctance of some people, certainly in the initial period of coming out of the lockdown, to get on aeroplanes uh, and go abroad. Uh, and so uh, the trendy word for it now, I think, is staycation, isn't it? Uh, people looking to uh, stay within the, the UK and within England. Of course, Blackpool used to be a bit of a jewel in the crown in terms of tourism. Uh, but we've got many, many beauty spots in Lancashire, haven't we? Even if it's just for day trips, day visitors. Uh, and so, uh, again, for that reason alone, we do need to be working with those guys to see if we can get them up and running, if not for this season, then certainly uh, for next summer. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, you mentioned Blackpool and Blackpool's still the most visited seaside resort in the UK. You know, it gets millions of visitors every year, um, you know, and, and that's obviously when people have options of, of potentially travelling overseas. You're right, because of, of staycations, I think those numbers are going are gonna, to are gonna go up exponentially. And obviously it's important that we're able to, to support our, our colleagues in Blackpool with that. 
as you've mentioned, there's other parts of Lancashire that are absolutely beautiful places like Lancaster, you know, the Queen's Castle in the north, always worth a day visit, Ribble Valley, a really beautiful part. You know, we've got 137 miles of coastline. So we've got a lot of things to offer um, to people who want to come for day trips or want to stop for, for a weekend or a week. And we absolutely want to, to, to maximise that. So we are working with Marketing Lancashire, looking at, you know, potential campaigns that we can we can begin to drive. And all this ultimately does lead up to the... Um, the um, County of Culture bid in 2025, you know, and if we're successful with that, that would be a huge game changer, um, you know, to the whole of the county uh, and really, you know, pull up all, all different parts of the county is a great place to visit, you know, a great place to work and live. You know, we think one thing that we are able, and I wouldn't say this um, uh, maybe in the presence of Dram Rooney, but, you know, it's absolutely true that, you know, one thing that we've got that Manchester just can't offer, we think is the quality of life and, and the beauty of some of our landscapes. And we absolutely want to try and maximise those and push those as hard as we can. Mm. Uh, and of course, the other big plus in Lancashire, the other great asset that we have is our universities. Uh, and again, I'm aware uh, that Impressed and Newman uh, are embarked on a, a big investment uh, scheme there, number of projects that they're behind. And then we have the University in Lancaster, some great educational institutions. Uh, and again, going forward, research and development going to be crucially important, isn't it? So nice for us to be able to compete in that space as well. I mean, the universities are a real, you know, jewel in the crown for Lancashire. We've got four universities in the county. So obviously UCLan in Preston. So you're quite right. They've spent 200 to 250 million pounds in terms of their master plan strategy. So a big new engineering school. They're currently um, completing work on a, a big, and large um, public square uh, which will be the largest privately funded public square in the UK bigger than Trafalgar Square so it's a massive open space that they can use for events or gatherings they're also completing work on their or starting work sorry on their um, new student centre so you know UCLan are clearly spending quite a lot of money. Um, they're working in the east um, in Burnley, so they've opened the new medical school in Burnley, which is growing again exponentially. Fantastic um, uh, uh, new school, getting students from all around the world. So they're obviously doing a lot in terms of, of, of raising Lancashire's profile, not only in England, but also uh, around the world. So again, we're really supportive of them. Lancaster, which is consistently in the top 20 universities in the world, um, you know, has spent quite a lot of money um, over the last 10 years in terms of improving their um, infrastructure and their campus facilities. Um, we're currently working with Homes England and the city of Lancaster, um, looking at, at building a garden village um, right next door to the university, which again will drive a lot more footfall um, and you know potentially support the university further with their expansion plans. Um, Edgehill, um, uh, obviously again a, a really strong university with a long tradition, spent quite a lot of money over the last few years, have ambitions to continue to grow. Um, again, a, a a fine university that you know specializes in in things like teaching which has been a, again a really strong institution and then the university of cumbria which um despite the name is actually in lancashire again have spent quite a lot of money so you're right you know those four institutions collectively will bring you know over a hundred thousand um uh, students to lancashire every year studying degrees postgrad degrees doctorates whatever and obviously it's really important for us and it's, it's a key part of our plans and thinking going forward that you know we want to capture as many of those people once they've 
we've completed the, the studies to stop in Lancashire. So we're always looking at incubation space. We're looking at, um, you know, how we can improve um, connectivity for new businesses, how we can support new businesses and ensure that, you know, that those people, like I say, once they've completed the studies, absolutely want to start businesses or, or start their working career in Lancashire. Um, historically, we've, we've been successful uh, with some of those institutions, but not all. And we've suffered a little bit um, in terms of the brain drain with, with young people wanting to go and move to Manchester, Liverpool or London to the big cities. But what we find often is when they get to the late 20s, early 30s, they move back when they want to start a family. We want to try and offer them that kind of mixture um, of, um, you know, life offer that a younger person who's just completed university wants to wants to really enjoy. And then once they've started to put roots down, obviously it's highly unlikely that they'll that they'll then go. So again, you know, we are working with the universities and really trying to work really hard um, to, to capture those people. But what it does give us, you're quite right, it gives us quite quite a lot of access to, um, you know, graduates, um, um, undergraduates, postgraduate students, and we can actually use those as part of our economic development plans. And also, you know, with things like research and development, uh, whether it be ICT, whether it be around um, medicines, you know, we absolutely want to try and capture as many of those as possible, giving them opportunities in Lancashire so that they stop. Uh, now, Stephen, you and I have been talking for about 40 minutes and you've covered an absolutely huge range of positives of opportunities, the mix of sectors, all those things that have created the fantastic brand that is Lancashire. Uh, and yet a frustration exists within me and I know within you as well, in terms of this whole Northern powerhouse conversation, which has been taking place for about six or seven years now, uh, and has been dominated by Manchester and Liverpool. Uh, now listen, people will know from my accent, uh, that I have an attachment more than just a, a business attachment to, to Liverpool. And I'm a massive admirer of Manchester. I think anybody who wants to see how you regenerate a city uh, should just go and look at that place and see how Sir Howard, Richard Lees and others uh, have managed to do so. So fabulous job that they've done and hats off to them. But the frustration, you know what I'm going to say, is that, you know, for me, Lancashire should be at the heart of that northern powerhouse, the glue that brings those cities together. And, you know, one of the things that we know we've missed out on in terms of resources is that inability to be able to go to Westminster with a single voice, a single ask, through a model of a combined authority, because that's what it will take. Some consolation in the recent past has been the fact that Yorkshire has failed to get a deal over the line. But of course, in March, uh, Richie Sunak announces that West Yorkshire, uh, at long last, have done that deal. They next year will have an elected mayor. They will have that devolution deal in place. As I say, Stephen, I know you share that frustration. We've got to get there somehow, haven't we? We've got to get onto the platform where we can be sat around that table to be getting those additional resources into the county that a combined authority could bring us. I mean, absolutely, absolutely, we do. You know, the the end game has got to be a combined authority. It's got to be an elected mayor, because let's be honest, that's the only conversation the government wants. 
I understand um, historically, I understand the reasons why there's been certain people in Lancashire that weren't so keen for that. Um, but I think at the moment we are seeing a really strong movement towards that um, positive conversation to say, yeah, you know, we do need to look at reorganisation of local government in Lancashire. The two-tier system is suboptimal. Um, I think everyone accepts that now, um, publicly and probably privately as well. Um, so, you know, we're really keen and that has to be the end game where we're aiming towards. The government are still being really clear in their messaging that, you know, local government reorganisation is still on the table. You know, all during this COVID-19 when they've talked about something else, it's one of the, th the key messages that they've given us. So we absolutely see that as, 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 a, as a massive priority. And I think when we come out of this, that'll be something that we'll be striving towards. Sitting underneath that, because, you know, that's going to be difficult. Um, it's not going to happen overnight and it's going to have lots and lots of moving parts. <clears throat> what we've also been doing is we've been working really, really hard to have those softer levers in place. So um, we've obviously refreshed all the leadership, um, the officer leadership at the county council. All of the people who, who have been brought in have worked um, historically and combined authorities have worked with Metro mayors and understand how that works and are now um, getting themselves seats at the table. So we have um, senior officers at the County Council that are working on the Northern Powerhouse Skills Hub, um, you know, so really looking to influence those conversations at, at the coalface. Um, we've now got um, a new chairman of um, the LEP uh, and a new CEO of the LEP who both have sat on the MP11. So again, looking to influence those conversations um, at the coalface, obviously using, as I've mentioned previously, people at Howard and David who have got a lot of experience in government to help us to pull some of those softer levers accepting the fact that we haven't got a combined authority and that's where we want to get to so again what we're getting messages back from government at the moment is that they're noticing a real um, mature maturing of the conversation in Lancashire and a real kind of unity or more of a unity than they've ever seen historically which is really really positive I mean COVID-19 has been has been awful obviously on, on so many levels but one of the positive things that we have seen is you know we've had feedback from government that they've been impressed with our response and our ability to work together and, and you know put on that kind of mature front I, th I watched the um, the Metro Mayor session that you did um, the other day and I noticed when when um, the conversation was taking place there you know Manchester clearly some way ahead of that Liverpool um, and I think it was referenced um, Steve referenced that that you know he, they're becoming much more mature and they're clearly some way on towards that position that, that Manchester in we now have got a really strong commitment to get on that same trail recognising that we're going to be further behind Liverpool and somewhere behind Manchester but we recognise that we've got to start that now uh, and when you look at Manchester particularly and Liverpool you know you're never going to get to that and I say that time and time again to politicians and senior officers in Lancashire if you want to go down that same route if you want to achieve that level of investment in Lancashire you've got to somehow get to the point where you can display that same level of maturity. Can I just encourage people I know Helen's dropped a note in there for the people who are with us this afternoon if you do wish to put a question to Stephen uh, don't be shy uh, type it in please don't text me uh, or email me which people have been doing because it does look a bit daft when I'm having to look at my phone to ask you speaker a question so if we could just pop it into the webinar chat i'd appreciate it that does go for you nicola gleave um pop your question in there if you could um so stephen you know that frustration aside I, I think a couple of examples you've given there you know you worked in greater manchester um so you know that you know what we see publicly isn't always uh, what's going on behind the scenes it's not as if every single political leader and business leader in Greater Manchester agrees on everything. Uh, and similarly, you know, I always say to colleagues in the county is that if the Liverpool city region can come together, 
because they can see that prize of the additional resource than almost anywhere can because the bum fights that we used to have in what was previously known as Merseyside, um, you know, the, the, I think Joe Anderson has still got some of the scars on his back. Um, so Lancashire's by no means in the worst place. And, and as you rightly say, Stephen, just to finish uh, this particular segment of the conversation, the county is moving on and progressing in terms of, of that particular project, isn't it? It is. And, and, you know, we are putting lots of resources behind it. You know, we are still looking at developing our Greater Lancashire Plan, which will be uh, one of the key documents that talks about our ambition, you know, pulling together the advisory panel that I mentioned that we're using to advise us on our conversation with government. And that's been a key part in our in our strategy going forward, um, recognising that, you know, that those are honest brokers um, and are able to sort of deal with a lot of the politics in a, in a, in a slightly separate way because they're sitting outside of it and looking in as opposed to being in it, looking out, which obviously is much more difficult using levers like the LEP which again obviously are honest broke because you know they sit outside of of, of the politics of, of, of Lancashire so you know bit by bit you know we're, we're, we think we're able to pull together a number of different ways to kind of to kind of push us into the right position but the, the most compelling argument which is very very compelling is just go to Manchester just go to Liverpool and have a look at it you know, you can't argue with that. You cannot argue with that. And I, and I think any politician who's worth the salt, who wants the best for their constituents and the people of, of, of Lancashire, I think, would just be kidding themselves if they think that, you know, that you can get that without having a combined authority because you can't. And I also think they'd be kidding themselves if they think that we're doing the best for all the people in Lancashire by not having a combined authority when you see what you're missing out on. Now, I may get into trouble for saying what I've just said, but I mean, I think, you know, any sensible politicians and certainly the ones that I talk to would absolutely agree. Now, I, I, Nicola's reluctant to, to type her question in, but I can recall it from the email that she sent. So I'll, I'll try and get this right. And if I get it wrong, Nick, it's your own fault for not typing it in the chat room. Um, so it's basically, um, I think what Nicola's point is, is that clearly at this moment in time, we're conscious of the economic challenges that we face and things are in place to hopefully build that recovery you've referenced the fact that you're talking to Deloitte, you're talking to some key individuals who could potentially help us get there. Um, but then there is this underlying issue that we know will has been a problem of mental health and well-being and the challenges that people face. And of course, in Lancashire, uh, like many other places, uh, we have some pockets of deprivation where health statistics are frightening anyway. Uh, I just wonder, Stephen, whether... You and your team have had any time yet to reflect on where we might be in three, six months' time, and if there aren't any plans in place yet to be start to to be able to start to address what we know is coming down the track in that respect. Yeah, with regard to mental health, I mean, you know, you know, obviously you know, people suffer with mental health and this has been a, a trying time for everybody. I think, you know, everyone's struggled for, with this at some, some point or another. I know I certainly have, you know, so we, and we've again picked up, so we have some, um, some, 
you know, mechanisms, some soft mechanisms to test the kind of mental health. So we know that our call centre has been receiving a number of calls from people who've been struggling with regard to the mental health. And that's obviously been been logged and we've had a number of incidents that have taken place during the camp. So we recognise there's, there's quite a bit of work to do. So one of our recovery cells going forward is going to be around, you know, looking at our most deprived communities, how this can be an inclusive recovery as, as far as is possible economically, you know, looking at um, younger people um, who may be in education settings, you know, that it's, if it's impacted them badly because their home life's a little bit unstable or a little bit difficult again we're looking to try and understand that and put support in place so we you know one of the things that we've been talking about we've been talking about um, a strap line for for how we're going to badge this recovery this legacy work that we've been talking about and one of the words that keeps being used quite a lot is inclusive uh, and we think it's really important that it is inclusive and it brings everybody in Lancashire forward you know we absolutely recognize some of those challenges around mental health around other things like domestic violence um, you know there's a lot of people that live live quite challenging lives at the moment and we want to try as far as it's possible to to help those people and, and use this awful awful experience as an opportunity to try and you know as a catalyst to try and help those a little bit moving forward okay, okay. we've got uh oh, peter commons my old friend from kia uh good to hear from peter um and he says hi Stephen, long time no speak listening to you exciting times for lancashire uh, the schemes you've outlined are they fully funded more importantly how open-minded are the planners and how demanding will any uh, 606 requirements be uh, so they don't kill development? Uh, and I suppose a good point, actually, isn't it, Stephen? Because the value of these projects now, um, there's going to be additional risk for developers. Um, so 106, again, I'm guessing, is something that you're already having conversations about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's two bits to that. And again, you know, having done the last 10 years of my career working in GM, but working in Bolton, where there was always challenges around viability, you know, I'm well versed in the council um, standing behind developments, not necessarily writing you know, uh, uh, blank checks or completely de-risking developments, but understanding that, you know, we're not trying to develop in central London or central Manchester or central Birmingham. And there is that question around viability. Certainly the, the developments I've mentioned, they are all funded to some extent. Um, the county council, to some extent is taking some of that risk away and um, we are looking for partners with all these developments and we've found a number of them already who are prepared to take some risk if the county council takes the rest of the risk um, you know in order to kickstart developments and again it's the same story that I, I tell time and time again that you know if you look back at a place like Manchester fantastic though it is now if you'd have gone back there in 95 um, pre-bomb it was much more of a challenging environment and if I'd have said to you at that time I want to spend tens of millions of pounds bringing a lot of luxury apartments so I want to bring grade A office and I want to put it in what is now spinning fields you would have laughed at me and said that you're a complete fool but to some extent you know and I've learned this from working in Bolton if you can start the market and you can start generating and proving to people that there is a demand for grade A there is a demand for housing there is a demand for leisure then you know that 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 conversation of it's too risky it's the wrong thing to do soon disappears and dissipates when people think well actually it's not the reason that nobody's done it is because nobody would take that risk and if the county council the public sector are the first ones to take that risk that can then stimulate um, the market 
So in terms of, you know, the 106 and, and that whole kind of economic risk bit, you know, the county council has been very brave so far in terms of standing in that space. And like I said, it's not, we're not, not writing blank checks and we're not just supporting every scheme, but where we think it's a sensible scheme and it will have the biggest impact, then we're prepared to, to stand in that space. In terms of the planners, um, obviously being a two tier um, area, um, mineral planning sits with me, but then normal run of the mill planning sits with the district councils. So all of those schemes, um, I mentioned we've been talking to the district councils early on in terms of our plans and ambitions and what we want to see happening thus far and I haven't spoken to all the councils because we're not doing something in every area at the moment none of them have been anything other than completely supportive and understanding the need um, to you know um, to see these developments come forward and the impact that they're having so you are to some extent put pushing on a on a on a um, open door obviously as I've said you know we have got some development partners for some of those schemes but we're always looking to bring new people on board and we're always looking to ex expand our portfolio um, at the latest count we think we had 2.25 billion in the pipeline of funded developments coming forward but clearly we want to see that that figure growing and I know the politicians here are equally as keen you know you, once you've announced and built they want the next thing to come along the line so Lancashire is uniquely placed with its connectivity, you know, some of the strong ICT connections, particularly out on the on the file coast. You know, it's got the strongest internet connection or the quickest internet connection between the UK and, and America. So there's a real opportunity to, you know, for, for developments to piggyback on the back of some of the positive things that we already have. Okay. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, and this is a question from, from our very home um, head of, uh, of director, sorry, of... Uh, events and sales so with regards to the universities the number of international students applying uh, is likely to decrease due to the covid this will have an impact on tuition fees students accommodation hospitality venues perhaps um, so helen bamford is asking any thoughts on that Stephen? is the are the universities uh, coming together collectively and talking about some of those challenges that they will inevitably i guess be facing yeah, and, and to be fair, they've been having that conversation and I think we've done well, we've done 53 minutes and I'm going to mention it for the first time since Brexit was kind of coming along. They've been having those conversations, what that means, you know, what it's going to mean for students. Obviously, um, you know, are looking at ways in which they can either attract more domestic students or, or they can um, find ways of, of dealing with Brexit and now COVID-19 challenges. I mean, one of the things that we have found that's been really successful during COVID-19, as I mentioned earlier on, is the number of students that we're able to support doing studies online and, and studying in a different way um, so again that's one one potential option um, all the universities and you know I'm in regular contact with all of them are talking about um, what COVID-19 means not only in terms of the student numbers but you know all the developments that I talked about previously I mean, it's, it's great when you're building these developments, you've got thousands of students coming, but if you're building the developments and students aren't coming, you've just got huge liabilities. So again, you know, we're having a conversation as, as, as to how that can, can be managed and how, you know, they can come out of this um, uh, stronger than ever. You know, there are some clever ways I've seen um, already that I've talked to some of them about. So places like UCLan have campuses um, within the European Union, so they have a campus out in Europe. So there is the potential for students to um, study part of the degree on that and, you know, coming here um, coming to the UK um, further down the degree course and it can be done in a different way so there are, are a range of options there are some very clever people that understand that sector really really well that are um, considering how how best to to move that forward I think what I'm really clear about and what Lancashire all of Lancashire the whole Lancashire family is clear about our four universities are massively important they bring so much to the counter and we have to support them um, to ensure that we can get those that throughput of students and that melting pot of different cultures and, and different nationalities into Lancashire it's massively important to us it's important to our economy and it's important to our future 
thank you. Uh, Nicola has, uh, has still insisted on texting me rather than putting this uh, question into the chat. I obviously didn't get it right uh, when I read it out before. Uh, and it, it, it's a long question um, and I can't read it all out. But basically, I think what she's, yeah, what she's getting at, Stephen, I think you've touched on this uh, a little in the answer you gave to the previous question, but you know, you'll be aware of, of Steve and Andy's Build Back Better campaign, um, which is about that social inclusion agenda. And of course, we've got uh, a very big and successful third sector in Lancashire, uh, some great social enterprises. Um, and again, I suppose we will be all more conscious, won't we, in future? Thank you. Uh, coffee's delivered at home. You don't get that to you in, uh, in the normal events at downtown. Um, <laughs> So, you know, bringing those community groups, those social enterprises together, more collaborative with the private sector moving forward so that we can deliver better social inclus inclusivity is, I guess, the point that Nicola's trying to make. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, as I said, you know, part of our, our recovery or whatever you want to call it plans has been this notion of legacy. And one of the big things that we've noticed on legacy is this great sense of, of, of community and virtual community and volunteering and all of those things, you know, and we absolutely want to harness a lot of that. We also want to harness um, our business community in terms of looking at the industries um, that we currently provide in Lancashire. So, you know, we've all been caught out a little bit with PPE and where we've offshored a lot of our industries and how we can bring those back in, how some of the smaller industries can perhaps support around not necessarily pp but but you know having more of those skills and and um and you know infrastructure ability within the county or within the country so we're absolutely in that space you know i've seen the the launch of the uh, the the build back better um uh, initiative in 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 manchester um and absolutely you know we've already talked about doing not the same but something similar that talks about inclusivity that's very lancashire focused that feels like lancashire you know we want to run that by our our um the panel that we've got that's advising us you know uh, and we absolutely want to come back with something very very similar and understand how we can capture like i said we're calling it legacy at the moment it's been an awful experience but there have been some incredibly positive um things that have come out of it and we don't want those to disappear we want to capture those and try and, and try and use them going forward absolutely uh, listen, Stephen, I, I know we're coming to the close of the hour conversation and I uh, know how busy you are, so we appreciate your time, but I can't let you go uh, without just asking you uh, about your beloved Burnley Football Club because uh, when we last spoke, we had uh, one of the signed shirts uh, as a backdrop of Burnley. Um, and, you know, on a serious note, again, sport is such an important part of the Lancashire economy you know it's an industry in itself we've got Premier League football team there we've got a couple of championship clubs um, and so you know on a personal level you're missing the footy I'm missing the football massively and it's interesting because I'm not, I'm not actually in my office because I've had some ICT problems and I've spent the entire interview with um, uh, Tony Yeboah looking at me, a little Tony Yeboah there. <laughs> so it's, that's been quite difficult. But I mean, absolutely, I'm, I'm missing I'm missing the football, I'm missing the support. Sport. I mean, obviously, we're, we're entering the cricket season now. That's probably going to be a complete 
wash out for them. Um, you know, support is is so important to the people of Lancashire. You know, you you obviously mentioned Burnley, but there are lots of football league clubs in Lancashire. You know, they, they mean a lot to a lot of people. It's a great opportunity to bring communities together. They really are community hubs uh, within Lancashire. You know, like I said, we've got rugby union, we've got cricket, we've got football. There's, there's so many sports that take place at an amateur and professional level. I think they're really important um, historically, but I think they'll be even more important in terms of sort of the healing from COVID-19, uh, you know, as communities start to come together. Um, I certainly have been missing football on a on a Saturday and I find myself increasingly watching old games, which is a bit sad really, but you kind of do it to kind of, you know, rekindle those, those memories and those experiences. So, you know, hopefully when this finishes, you know, all the Lancashire clubs will, 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 thrive i mean clearly some of them particularly some of those that are operating in the lower leagues and perhaps the non-leagues are really struggling financially um you know and that's obviously um a real a real challenge um personally my personal view and i say this as a as a fan of of burnley which is obviously a premiership club i think the premier league should step in and provide support for those lower league clubs because i think you know for football in this certainly in this country to work you've got to have the pyramid you know it's not just the manchester united's the everton's the liverpool's the burnley's of this world it really is you know the the accrington stanley's the fleetwood towns people like that that absolutely make the game what it is so personally my view um, for what it's worth is I think you know the, the bigger clubs should absolutely try and share some of the wealth because clearly they're in a much better position to be sheltered um, as a result of what's gone on but whether that falls on deaf ears we'll have to wait and see. No, I totally agree and I think you've got people you know it's a bit, bit bigger big voices within the sport now haven't you like Gary Neville uh, saying that that very message you know we've got to try and support those lower league clubs. I'll tell you what, Stephen, I'm with you in terms of watching old games. But of course, as an Evertonian, that just brings me joy <laughs> because I can reminisce to when we were top of the tree. But then, of course, you soon come back down to earth when you look at the current Premier League table. But yeah. uh, that's another story. That's uh, it. On, the, on the plus side, at least when you watch old games, at least you can pick and choose which one you watch. You know the result. You know it's going to be a good experience. That's right. That's right. I think there might have to be some rebalancing though before I do go back to the football because I, I don't want to be going with any false expectations. So I may have to watch one or two derby games before yeah, I go with yeah. the of them forever. Uh, listen, mate, it's been great to speak to you. And you. Thanks for your company and uh, no doubt we'll speak again very soon. Yeah, cheers. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Frank. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you for, uh, for joining us and... Uh, you will be aware, I'm sure, most of you, that we've got Councillor Michael Green uh, joining us for an interview next week and uh, many other things happening on the Downtown Den. Visit the uh, Downtown website, all the W's, downtowninbusiness.com, and you'll find out what the upcoming events are. Thanks again uh, to Stephen Young today from Lancashire County Council, and thank you for joining us. See you again soon. Cheers. Thanks, Stephen. Bye. Stop, man. Thank you.